Heather. This is Holly. And Daniel. You're listening to Halfway Saints, uh, episode 23. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you always just say, hey. Like I just you're... don't know what else to say. But I want it to be exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. You should just hey. scream. <laughs> you can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The little... Um, My waves. Your waves. Um, there's this show... Um, I was watching that British show. Oh yeah. And in it, um, this, the grandmother, the mother of the woman who's abducted, she's older. Okay. Um, she's giving a press conference and it's the woman who plays, uh, Mrs. Crawley in, um, Oh yeah. She's the best. But she like says, um, I know my daughter didn't leave, abandon her children, but I hope she did because if not, that means we're, you know, each day is a day closer to us being here discussing my only child being dead. And then she starts, like, wailing. But it's not, like, a cry. She's just this, like, bleat, like a goat. It's really, really weird. What made you think of that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're screaming. I said you could just start the podcast by screaming. Oh. Um, yeah. But anyway, the show is called Five Days. Um, it was, like, a weird BBC-HBO collaboration. But you it was also really into BBC right now. <laughs> I like British shows. And I was telling Holly, I like it because... To me, I just think they're so cleverly written, but it's just how British people talk. So I'm like, oh, everyone's so smart. Everyone's so witty yeah. over there. No, they just have nice accents. They do. They have nice accents. <laughs> oh, but we're back. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't I, go anywhere, I guess. Well, you know, for the week. For the week, yeah. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Um. We're going to just dive right in? I guess so. Unless well, you have anything else to say. You told me you were going to tease me. Oh. Make some joke about me, and I didn't know what it was. Well, because... Uh, you decided against Holly's it. Holly's really bad at understanding um, how to add time. Oh, I am really bad at time. Like when Jack was first born, we have to feed him every three hours. So it would be like, <laughs> it'd be like 11 o'clock, and we're going to bed. And so Holly's like, okay, so three hours, and she would get her hands out. And like <laughs> count them in my fingers. Yeah. Eleven, twelve, one. No. Twelve. <laughs> this is why we had problems. Eleven, twelve, one, two. Okay, two AM. Set the alarm. It's you just add them and then you subtract two if you go over a twelve. Stop, that's stupid. <laughs> it's so confusing. And then like with my invoices now and I have like have to say like, okay, from I worked from ten thirty till one thirty on this. Oh my gosh, how long was that? I used to have to put it in Google Calendar and let it do the math for me, because it was too confusing. Just just start using military time. I should start using military time. That would make my life so much easier. But then you would forget, like, what's 15 o'clock? What's 15? Go. Three. Yeah. See, it's so easy. (laughs) How are you you good at that, but not just adding time? Because it's all the same. It's just a 1 to 24. Instead of 1 to 12. I know. So why can't you say 11, add 3 hours, oh, that's um, 14, which is 2. Because my brain just doesn't work that way. All right. It's just the way uh, I am. Just love me the way I am, Daniel. I have no other choice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to teach you basic math for, for so many years. 11 years. 11 years? 10 years? No, 11 years, 2004. Yeah. Yeah, Holly and I started dating in 2004. People are like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> do 
if you listen carefully throughout the day tomorrow when people are listening to this, you'll just hear, wait, what? <laughs> yes, we've been together 11 years. Yes. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of, um, you have a little piece of glitter on your cheek. From what? Who knows? Your dazzling but, days? It might be from Jack's book. The animal book on oh, the that seal page it has glitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I guess because the snow. The snow. The it's seal. a touch and feel book, and you can feel the glitter on the snow. Yeah, some of them are kind of lame. Stretches. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> We've uh, successfully wasted almost five minutes of your time. That's true. Um, so, welcome everyone who's here. If it's your first episode, welcome. Welcome. We haven't done that in a while. I feel like we should every once in a while yeah. say welcome. To all you newbies. Yeah. If you're coming from uh, my best friend, the Rhino, mm-hmm. uh, welcome. Welcome. They gave us a little shout out a couple weeks ago. I think so. We're yeah. a little behind on podcasts at yeah. the moment. But um, yeah, they gave us a little shout out and we want to thank them. We got the... Um, Pink Fuzzy Sock Award for the yes, week. Yes, we did. Which if you very don't know the proud. podcast is a very prestigious honor. It, huge honor. Huge. Yeah. But we are very thankful for their shout out. And you should go listen to them, too. Mm-hmm. My best friend, the Rhino. Right. Um, I think it's maybe on iTunes, my BF, the Rhino. My BF, the Rhino. Maybe. Well, if know. best friend doesn't work, try BF. There you go. Um, yeah, so welcome to our podcast, if you're new. <laughs> um, and one of, I think, one of our most popular podcasts yes. was the one on infertility. Was on infertility or natural family planning? Well, both. I think both were kind of They popular. were kind of, yeah. But I think that the fruit of marriage right. was a little bit more popular than the infertility. Sorry. But you can go on with what you're going to see. Well, it was a setup for saying that... I get it. We're, <laughs> yeah. Is it clicking now? Yeah. Sorry. Is that we won't need to be making a follow-up on infertility because we're having another baby. Surprise! <laughs> Holly did surprised hands for everyone to see. <laughs> Similar to jazz hands. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're surprised by jazz. Okay. I know I always am. Anyway, back to the real exciting news is, yes, we are pregnant with our second child. Mm-hmm. We are due in February. I am 10 weeks along. Plus or minus a couple weeks because they never know. Yeah. We know. We know. So, fun uh, cocktail party <laughs> topic <laughs> is that most... Um, Doctors will go by the date of your last period, um, and that's how they determine how many weeks along you are. Um, but if you use natural family planning, there's a chance, a good chance you'll know the actual date of conception. Yeah. So depend. So between your doctors, some might say eight weeks, some might say ten weeks, because they're going off of different things. Because they just go off the first day of your last cycle and add two weeks. Yeah. Which so is... you're like two. Whenever you say, whatever. Uh, week along you are by your ob you're you're really two weeks behind that right because isn't just because you're actual 38 weeks actually it would that would follow <laughs> <laughs> i've crunched the numbers and that's pretty that was one of those phrases where i was like what's the actual phrase is it that will follow or that will make sense that will make sense i don't know, uh, I don't know. but yeah so like it's really silly because you think they would know this by now but it's because most women don't know their date of conception. That's true. Yeah. So they have to work off of what they do know, which is the last day of their first cycle. Mm-hmm. First day of their last cycle. Whoa. <laughs> last day of their first cycle. <laughs> you See, I was 12. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that accurate? Is that when girls go to puberty? 
This is intimate. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say you. I said girls in general. It's girls like middle in school, general, right? yeah, it's middle school. Mm. Anyway. But, yes, hope, we're very excited. I hope it's not a girl because I'm going to have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but we are very excited. Um, and, honestly, it is a little sooner than we expected because... Mm-hmm. If you did listen to the TTC, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> I know. After we named it that, I'm like, no one knows what that's going to be. That means. Anyway. If, you, if you're still wondering, because we never clarified. Yeah. It means trying to conceive. Right. Comma, too much information. Right. Because we felt we overshared a bit. <laughs> we have a tendency it. to do that, if you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. But um, in that episode, we talked about how getting Jack, it took us a little while. It took us nine months to get Jack. Um, and surprise, this time it we, it definitely did yeah, not take that long. Yeah, so we long. budgeted some more time for... We put in some buffer time. Yeah. To allow for, you know, everything to work out Fertility right. issues, but yeah, no. And all my stuff, like all my levels are great. Right, Holly doesn't have to take any... Supplements, I don't have to yeah. get shots. I mean, other than your like prenatal vitamins. Yeah, which is normal. You don't even have to say that. Sorry. But like with, <laughs> with Jack, the pregnancy with Jack, I had to get... Uh, progesterone supplements and hcg injections yeah and praise the lord that i do not have to do that this time Mm -hmm. so great that's great and apparently this is like a common thing that with your first it's so hard to get pregnant and then with your second it's just like oh yeah no big deal i'm already ready that's your body talking (laughs) (laughs) but we couldn't be happier the only thing that I could be happier about is if this morning sickness would go away. It's been pretty bad. But we have a good system down. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, well, doesn't yeah. make the throwing up any better. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it works great for me. No, Daniel actually has been very, very good. I literally just uh, sleep through the entire morning. And Daniel takes care of everything. Feeds Jack, puts him down for his first nap. Changes him. And, like Milks little, the cows, feeds sh- the chickens. <laughs> Get yourself breakfast and coffee and as if I was doing that. Before. No, yeah. <laughs> but he's been a real lifesaver. It's made my life a little bit more bearable when I've been feeling so terrible in the mornings. Um, but the great thing is that after 11 or 12, I'm great. I 11 or 12 fine. weeks. No, I was saying 11 or 12. Oh. P, like from the <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> Sorry. I Obviously, I know nothing about anything. But I do have like three or four more weeks of this. Right. So it's like 13 weeks. What I was alluding to is that last time, as soon as Holly hit the second trimester, all of her morning sickness. I know. So that's what I thought she was saying when she said 12 weeks. I know. Um, Yeah, just one day I woke up and was like, this is great. I feel fine. Um, Yes. Yeah. But so with um, having a new baby on the way and... Uh, current baby who is mm-hmm. you know a 13 month old who's just running around all over the place um all the time all the time non-stop mm-hmm. <laughs> um we are quickly realizing that like our free time the free time that we have is going to disappear very quickly. completely mm-hmm. and we have like before jack and we were uh you know wanting to start the family our family we were like man we have so much free time or no. Other way around. Other way or around. Once we had Jack. Once we had Jack. We're like, man, we had so much free time yeah, like, back what then. did we do? Like, a whole weekend with no plans. Like, like what did we waste it on? We just went to Target. <laughs> a lot of trips to Target. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we had so much time on our hands before Jack. And so I know that once this next baby comes... We're going to be like, what were we doing with all our free time when we just had Jack? You know, podcasting. Podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we were doing. Just kidding. I think we'll still podcast even with the new baby. Yeah, maybe not right away. If the baby's born on Sunday, maybe we'll wait a day. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do one from the hospital room. No, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um... Yeah, so our prayer life changed a lot with when Jack came and is still changing. Like, we're still reevaluating every day, like, what is the best way that we can, uh, you know, communicate with God mm-hmm. when our life is full. Um, and once this new baby comes, it, our whole world is going to be flipped upside down again. Again. You just got to be ready. Right. Prepared. <laughs> Which is obviously our forte. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think we've mentioned this before, that one of the biggest things that we weren't really expecting about becoming parents is um, that your prayer life changes pretty dramatically um, and that you can't, you know, the forms of prayer and the things you used to do spiritually aren't, you're aren't, you are not always able to continue those. Like you can't go to daily mass every day because of nap schedules and just kids are unpredictable. Um Adoration is a little bit more difficult. Like, I was really looking forward to spending, like, some time in adoration, but it's really hard when Jack is, like, running around the adoration chapel. Yeah, I've, I've, no joke, Jack has, like, cleared cleared out an adoration chapel with me (laughs) in there, because, like, you go in there, and it's quiet, and he's, like, yelling and running around and, like, wants to go up to the altar, and, and, like, the people there are nice and smile and nod, but it's also, like, they're down there because it's quiet. Right. I don't know, maybe it was because Mass was about to start or something. But Didn't some guy, like, offer to hold him for you? Yeah, and I was like, I appreciate your offer, but you have no idea what you're in for. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to, like, squirm out of your hands and run away in about... He's really squirmy. 30 seconds. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're as we're expecting a new baby, we're kind of trying... Because we still haven't really figured it out with <laughs> just one. Um, but so we've been talking lately about our prayer lives and how, how we can... Um, better maintain those and better maintain and grow a relationship with God while also um, giving enough time to our children. Yes, because, I mean, I don't think it needs even to be said, but prayer is like the lifeblood of your uh, relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of... It's your lifeblood. Right. Lifeblood. Lifeblood. That's That's the word I was thinking of. (laughs) It's really important. So you can't let it fall to the wayside because we like going into starting a family we always wanted um like this is our call to holiness and this is our vocation and this is where uh the lord is really going to work through us and if we let our prayer life fall to the wayside did i say the fall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah lifeblood and fall to the wayside for those of you playing bingo <laughs> no if if we let it <laughs> say it one more time fall to the wayside <laughs> um that we're not we're not living our vocation mm-hmm. and we're not doing our children justice and we're not doing each other justice and um all of our relationships will start to crumble because right. the most important relationship is not present it's not happening mm-hmm. so if you don't if you don't have um constant meaningful interaction with with god mm-hmm. through prayer so you just got to figure it out and every day looks different it does yeah mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I found most challenging, and I was talking to Holly about it, 
um, before the podcast is that there aren't a ton of models for family spiritual life in the historical church. Um, you know, if you want to know more about the sacraments, you can read Thomas Aquinas. If you want to um, know more about um, kind of like natural law, you can read St. Augustine, that kind of thing. Or, you know, you could go to St. Louis de Montfort on this. Um, but there really aren't a ton of saints that you can go to whose writings we have that are like, oh, well, here's how you pray when you have a, a small child. Right. And these are all like religious. Right. Uh, because the, major- the majority of canonized saints are bishops or religious or religious. Meaning. Okay. We've used that term religious before. I feel like we need to explain that. Like sure. a religious is anyone who's in consecrated life. Mm-hmm. So if they're in a religious order, they are a religious. Right. Not everyone uses that term anymore. And I didn't want people to be like, their grammar really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I'm glad you clarified. Okay. Um, and that's not a bad thing or that's incorrect. It's not a fault of the church. Right, because um, with the process of canonization, um, someone has to invest that time and that effort into it um, and keep track of all those writings. So usually it's a religious order that's able to contribute to the cause of this you know, great saint in their mm-hmm. order and who's going to write down all their writings. So if you're just an average Catholic family, you know, in the... 16th century, no one's going to be writing down everything you say, no one's going to be keeping track of this, no one's going to be, like, making sure your case and your cause is put through the process. Right. So that's why a lot of saints are from religious orders or are bishops or popes. But there are some families. There are some. Married couples. Married couples. Or married uh, saints. Saints, yeah. Um, we've one that we've mentioned before who are actually going to be canonized um, I think during the World Meeting of Families. No way. Or right around it is um, Louis and Zaylee Martin. Um, and the cause was just open for one of her sisters. I forget which one. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. So just canonize all the Martins. I mean, they're a really good family. They are. But so Louis and Zaylee Martin um, are soon to be saints who are a married couple. Did you tell me that fun fact about Louis and Zaylee Martin about their. Um, they were married. And at their at the beginning of their marriage, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't I don't think it was you. Someone else told okay. me, and it's a credible source. Okay, but let's see how I do with retelling it. <laughs> um, that in the beginning of their marriage, they like for whatever reason didn't want to consummate the marriage, but they just felt the call the call to voc- the vocation of marriage. Um, and so they were going to just have a like be in the vocation of marriage without. They're going to have a continent marriage. Yes. So they wouldn't have sex. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't have children. But then, like, their priest or bishop or someone was like, no, you should have children. So do it. <laughs> and uh, so they did. And they had all these religious and amazing daughters. Yeah. I can't vouch for that story. I don't know where. But that's a really interesting that, story. If, if verified, it's a very interesting story. Um, but so, yeah, they're one model. Um, you also have the Holy Family, Jesus and Mary and um, Joseph. Joseph. I was going to say Don't it. forget about Joseph. I know, poor Joseph. Because <laughs> you know if some, if someone does something wrong, they're all like, well, it wasn't are. Mary, it wasn't Jesus. Which one of us sinned? Sorry, Joseph. Um, and they're a good model as well. But also, like, we don't get a lot of, like, St. Joseph didn't write, like, how to raise... A good Catholic family, you know, <laughs> How and we can definitely rely God of the universe, right? We can rely on 
them for prayers and for intercessions and um, just their model of fidelity to God. But also, like, but just practically, we don't get a ton of that. Even with, I haven't read anything by Louis and Zaley Martin. I know she wrote a lot, but I've oh, not yet did? read that. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and then there are a couple others, like Saints Anne and Joaquin, Mary's parents. Again, we don't have anything they wrote or anything right. like that. So there's not a ton of... There's St. Gianna. St. Gianna Mola, who was um, who was married and died giving birth to her fourth daughter um, because she refused... She had um, ovarian cancer, some kind of cancer, and she refused to have it treated for fear that it might hurt the baby. Or she also refused to terminate the pregnancy so that she could mm-hmm. be treated. Um so she's another one, but again, like not. Like there aren't a, a lot great of resources that come from, A great yeah. source of inspiration, but no one really wrote how to have a Catholic family spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting source that I've found helpful in reading about is Opus Dei, which the Opus Dei that's in like the Dan Brown novels oh, and gosh. all that. Disregard. Not, yeah, I kind of disregard it. Scott Hahn is a member of Opus Dei and wrote a book on it, which I haven't read. <laughs> what? Well, you just talked about two books now that you haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> what other book hadn't I read? Uh, what? Louis and Zaley Martin. That wasn't a book. Writings. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but so Scott Hahn says it's cool. It's obviously, it's obviously cool. Um, obviously. But no, and what I've read about Opus Dei um, for their members is it's sort of like a daily spirituality that works in their normal day-to-day life and it's kind of the charism of the order is like through just our day-to-day work we're going to spread the gospel um so i would i am definitely interested in reading more of um about opus Dei and about the founder of saint jose maria and um how we can incorporate that into our life because like for instance um they practice something called the heroic minute which means as soon as you wake up you get out of bed and yeah, I think they even say Serviam, like, I will serve. Wow. So, like, just little things like that, like, that are designed to work with a normal layperson's life. Once you know the heroic minute, it, like, kind of sucks. <laughs> because you're like, oh, man. Oh, didn't do it. I know. And, like, there were some days you were trying to, to be a lot better about getting up out of bed. And so you would wake up, and all I would say is heroic minute, and the guilt of it all would get you out of bed. She also kicks. Oh my gosh! Or pokes. I don't. I do poke. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, poking is fine. She has such sharp thumbs. In the middle does. of the night, for some reason, you think that my fingers are like so sharp, knives going through your. Pretty back. much, that's pretty accurate. It's not true. Um, so all that to say that. There is no handbook on how to pray, you know, with a screaming child, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just, and again, that's no fault of the church, um, but it's just not super accessible. Mm-hmm. I know there are a ton of, like, blogs, and uh, probably there are some, like, current, or, like, right. you know, like, new books written by Catholic families um, that are respected, but... Uh, we haven't read them. Right, and I, yeah, I tend to, even with, like, novels, I tend to, like, start mid-20th century and then back. I don't read a lot of contemporary I mean, I think, like, with stuff about family, maybe we should. Uh, Yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But um, all that to say is that we are kind of still figuring it out. We're still in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have, like, aspirations for what... 
uh, we hope our family prayer life would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Daniel, before we had Jack, like two years ago or something, sent me this cool blog post by, I don't know, it was like the Catholic Gentleman or one of those blogs. I think that's newer, that blog. Really? Yeah. It was it may have been um, Art of Manliness. I think that's what it was. But it was recent. It wasn't like two years ago. It was just like six months ago. That you sent me that? Yeah. No, it was before Jack. Maybe. It was before Jack. All right. Anyway, it was um, this like long list of all these really cool traditions to have with your kids. Mm -hmm. And it was like stuff including uh, like a family handshake or like a, I can't remember any of the other ones. (laughs) That's the one I was most excited about. But no, it was all about like. Giving kids, traditions. like, nicknames or, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just, like, being really proud to be part of your family. Like, right. having your, I, like, envisioned it, like, your family being, like, a like a soccer team. And you, like, all just, like, being in it together and, like, pushing, like, supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the traditions like that really do inform that kind of, like, family culture. And so, uh, par- like, a couple of the ones in that list were uh, prayer Oh, the air was just on. I'm sorry. Sorry if there was a low hum for yeah. the past five minutes. <laughs> we forgot. Well, we we did turn it up, but... It's like a million degrees here in Philadelphia. It's really, today, really so. hot. So even if it's at 73, it's still running, which is probably good to keep our child comfortable. Um, anyway, uh, one of the, like a couple of the things listed were uh, prayer mm-hmm. traditions to start with your family. And so like... To have a certain area of your home that is dedicated, like a little like shrine kind of thing, or to say a rosary every night, or you know, just like something to have you, every day. Right. You mentioned like even having a family prayer, like oh, this right. is our family prayer. This is how it goes, so right. that they can. Every night we pray the Gurton family prayer. Right. Like something mm-hmm. like that that we write all together, which I think would be so fun. Yeah. And they would be excited to pray because it's like our prayer, right. our special prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to do that Yeah. and put those things into practice. Yeah. And I've also heard that like a family rosary is a very good idea. We've tried it. We tried one decade at a time with Jack and he just tries to eat the beads the whole time. We should try it again. Now that he's a little I was to say, older. Um, and I was thinking if I, I could like make him a little book, a book. Yeah. He would like, it, like a 10 page book. Mm-hmm. And so on each page, it was a different image of Mary. Mm-hmm. And so he would have, it would feel like we're reading a story. Yeah. That's a good idea. I know. Good thing we decided to talk about this. I know. <laughs> this is really just like the self-help hour. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk out our issues. Yeah. You know. um, but yeah, definitely um, incorporating more traditional prayers into like a new way for your right. family. So like the rosary is a very great and powerful prayer. You may not be able to get through all five decades with, you know, a three-year-old. So like making it interesting or doing one decade or one decade at a time, maybe mm-hmm. try to spread it out throughout the day, that kind of thing. Right. But just starting those habits of prayer so that they just um, get ingrained in your kids. What's the, it's from a psalm or some Old Testament passage where it's like, um, like love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul. Like, And then it says drill this into your kids. Oh, yeah. It's in the New Testament. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Who, who would have said it? I don't know. Paul? I don't think he said it. I mean, the love your... Oh, Jesus says that. Yeah, Jesus refers to it. You think that it. Jesus says drilled into your kids? I think that's the Old Testament. Oh, man. I wish we had all of our facts together. <laughs> I know. 
but it's there. It's somewhere in the Bible. Right. It does say that. Right. But also reading scripture with your kids and like getting Huge. them excited about it, especially like um, the Old Testament. And I think a lot of times the Old Testament is what kids read about because mm-hmm. they learn about Noah's Ark. and. Yeah. On that. So I remember, I mean, I was going to a Lutheran church, but like I remember in like sun- Sunday school when I was younger. I guess I went to Sunday school like every week. I don't know. I don't remember going to church every week. Anyway, sorry. I went to Sunday <laughs> school and I remember learning about Noah's Ark and stuff. And I would get it. I got Noah, the story of Noah's Ark and Pinocchio really confused. Are you sure it wasn't Pinocchio and Jonah? Because they both have big whales. Or yeah, big fish. that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was a Noah's Ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. One's pretty different from Pinocchio. <laughs> I got the story of Jonah and Pinocchio confused. Yeah. And I think that there's an issue, there's a problem with only, like, in that Sunday school, and I think a lot of kids my age in Sunday school, uh, all we learned were Old Testament stories because Mm -hmm. they're, like, they're stories. Yeah. They're, like, you know, fables kind of thing. Um, And I think the problem with that is that they become stories. Like, yeah, like fairy tales. Yeah, but if you start teaching the gospel and New Testament stuff to kids, it's way more successful for them to like understand a little bit more like to teach yeah. them i know that they like don't, they don't grasp, grasp all everything. of it right but they need they know who jesus is right where like i don't think that we ever really talked about jesus yeah because you can like school. if they know who jesus was and how jesus came for us and gave his life for us then you could say hey back when the egyptian or when the israelites ran away from egypt that was kind of like how jesus freed us from our exactly bondage. so like you can do a little which is kind of how it's supposed to be Between the done. two of continuity. Oh, wow. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> um, Father, um, Father Connor from Three Dogs North, did you see what he tweeted no. recently? It was a picture of, like, Noah's Ark and all the animals, like, with their heads sticking out, smiling. And he was like, just some animals smiling at the destruction of the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just, yeah. It's true. Um, Yes, but definitely reading scripture with your kids. And like we said, in a meaningful way, that's not like just another fairy tale. Right. So you won't get it confused with Pinocchio. There you go. It's Um, important. And also something we want to definitely do. Wait, before, when you read scriptures with kids, it's also very good to like incorporate it into everyday conversation. And Mm -hmm. like more than just, like you you said it to make it more than just a story. Mm-hmm. But whenever we actually like live and teach with the same teachings right. as Christ taught, like that is just a little bit more integrated teaching. Yeah. So if you're saying like, well, why you're in trouble for not sharing your toy with your sibling? Like, well, because remember how Jesus talked about this or like right. you stole this and that's dishonest. And remember how Jesus talked about that. Yeah. Like incorporating right. that into, into everyday life, even right. good things too, not just punishments. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty key. <laughs> I'm gonna have the prodigal son story. Like that's gonna be my like. Oh, remember when you disobeyed me and ran away? Mm-hmm. I still loved you when you came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else that we really want to do is um, definitely go to mass with our kids, but also like discuss mass, discuss the mass and the mass readings and the homily, and really engage with them on the subject of the mass. Cause I think there's a big difference between taking your kids to mass and showing them the mass and explaining Experiencing it and, and helping mass. them to experience it in whatever way they're able to. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a very sensory experience. So there's a lot that kids take in. Right. A lot more than I think people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there are like children's masses, which I'm always kind of mm-hmm. like, 
I don't know if that's like because like you said they they can get not like huge, like not gonna be able to understand huge right. theological concepts but you could say like oh yeah that's Jesus in there in the bread yeah and like we you know we are kneeling because we're showing respect to Jesus and because we love him so much right. you know like, like there we are get that stuff um, and I've heard of oh I just kicked the table I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but there have been stories I've heard about kids who are like, that's Jesus. Jesus is right there. He's right there. And they're mm-hmm. so excited. And they're like four years old. But they get that Jesus is in the bread on the altar. Right. Because they also don't have this sort of adult cynicism, skepticism. Exactly. Or like, yeah. They get it. They do. They get really complex stuff in really simple ways. Sometimes they do. Yeah. So these are all things that we want to do with our children eventually. Um and if you have any suggestions, feel free to send them, send them, them. our way. I and think you know, it's, people are probably like, I mean, what are you guys talking about? You have a one-year-old. Don't you don't know, you don't know squat. What, real quick before we move on, a resource that you and I haven't used, we really should, is like other families we know. Yes. Especially ones that we know um, through our parish. Yeah. Like there are so many families who have more children than we do. Way more. Um, very well-behaved children. And, like, we always say, like, oh, we should just hang out with them. And we never do. But guess what? This Wednesday I am. Oh. I'm going to the playground. Oh, good. Good. We're all going all right, to the we're playground. On it. Never mind. We figured it out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, use those resources that you have. Like, this person has five kids. Like, they may know something mm-hmm. about, you know, and they all come to Mass and they fill up a pew. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a resource that should definitely be used. And we they're, they're everyday saints. Oh, you know? <laughs> a rainbow just shot over our heads when Holly said that. But they are. like We don't have historical saints to go to, but we do have people mm-hmm. who are living right down the road who are doing it and yeah. have gone through what we've gone through and have figured it all, all out already. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they might have it not all figured out. Right. But they're close. Someone's going to ask us one day, and we'll be like, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's like whenever people ask us dating advice, we're like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just grumble at them until they leave. <laughs> You'd be surprised how well that works. Um, but that kind of leads us to our current conundrum. Predicament. <laughs> Did you mean to say it like an old man? No. <laughs> A predicament. This happened. <laughs> um, our current problem. Um is that these things don't really work when you have a 13-month-old who's not um, super interested in doing anything for more than five minutes. Not interested in laying if down. I, if for... I were able to, like, lay down on my back with jacket mass and just look at the ceiling with them, maybe he would be interested. But because he loves then, that. Only for 30 seconds. Yeah. He's still as squirmy as I'll get out. <laughs> oh, boy. You're, Holly's been replaced by an old Southern man, apparently. <laughs> normal <laughs> <laughs> squirmy as all get out i don't think so man dang it <laughs> sometimes i get these phrases in my head and this week i think we've mentioned that before but this week it's it's been willy-nilly <laughs> um. i mean they're just doing stuff, doing stuff willy-nilly over there that's what i said okay <laughs> But um, maybe <laughs> as I'll get out will be my next week's. She tends to have phrases of the week. I don't know. Like both uh, the other side of the Here's another side of the coin. 
<laughs> that was my new one. I made it yeah. up. Anyway. Sorry. Um, we are crazy tonight. Yeah, so what we... <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, we haven't figured out how to do this <laughs> with Jack, and um, especially with the new baby. Um, like, how do you really... <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm trying to pull us through. I can't handle it. <laughs> okay, go on. I got it. I got it. Okay. I'm good. Um, how do... <laughs> Seriously, I think like 15% of our podcast are you giggling if we like analyze the audio. Oh, I bet you're right. But so our... Um... <laughs> We're trying to figure out how to engage prayerfully with Jack and not... Um... And really help him to get that experience, other than just bringing him to mass um, and like talking at him, and how we can maintain our prayer life and our spiritual life while still including him. Yeah. And the new baby. That was one thing I wanted to say, but I never did. Um, <laughs> that with my personal prayer life, there are some days where I don't like my only prayers are the ones that I say with Jack uh, before and after, or before naps and bedtime. Uh, but I think that that's, it's like a hard thing to realize because it's all that I prayed that whole day, but it's also kind of nice that my only prayers have been with, with Jack and mm-hmm. that we've been praying this together. Most of the prayers are for him to go to sleep. Right. But, um, we also do pray for other people. Yeah. And sometimes today. And, and thing, we give things. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you added that. People have been like, they're ungrateful. <laughs> they don't give thanks. Um. <laughs> is singing with Jack, like singing oh, prayers. Yeah. Like today when I was praying before I put him down, I sang the Hail Mary because mm. he was didn't want to go to nap and he was screaming and he likes it when you sing. So, um, yeah, so just like singing with him because he enjoys it and you're also able to pray as well through that. Yeah. I remember when he was really little, I loved to sing him uh, How He Loves Us. Mm. So like singing fun uh, hymns. And stuff are also fun. Mm-hmm. Also, good ways to bring prayer into everyday life. And something I've noticed, like if I'm trying to wrangle Jack and like in the back of the church, or um, if we're going to confession and Holly's in line, I'm holding him. It's all like talk about the stations of the cross mm-hmm. with him because he likes them. Mostly because on the edge of the frame, there's these little like golden circles, and he thinks they're little balls. So he's just like ball, 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 and tries to grab them. But anyway, it entertains him, and I can say like oh, this is Jesus, this man is um, accusing him of a crime he didn't commit, but Jesus loves us so much that he's able to take that punishment for us. And, like, Jack doesn't really comprehend that, but, like, I'm able to speak to him about it and also pray with it mm-hmm. through that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And it also, like, for me, I tend to intellectualize a lot and, like, get in my head. So, like, just, like, speaking in baby talk about Jesus and to God, it kind of helps me out because then I can, like, take my head out of it a little yeah. bit. I can't wait to hear his questions. Jack's? Yeah, about God and about life. I mean, like... Fine, I'm going to direct them to you when he asks. <laughs> it's just going to be really sweet. It I'm is. not going to know how to answer them, but it's going to be really sweet. Um, sweet. I remember one of the things I read, like, while I was pregnant was, uh, you remember, like, some old, like, it was, like, a list of all these things that experienced moms like of college age kids would say to a person with a newborn and they said like you write down all of the dates with your like their first word or their first steps or first those things but also remember your first conversation about god Mm. your first uh other things but like 
those little first, like his first question about Jesus or her, his like first recognition of like mass and what's going on during the mm-hmm. consecration. Like those are, those are big moments that we should take in as well. Yeah. And I thought that was really important. That is really important. So logged that in the memory. Okay. We'll see how long it stays. Hey, it stayed so far. Yeah. yeah. A year and a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive for me. Hey, get more power to you. I know. Um, yeah, so do you have any other things. suggestions, things we could be doing now, or advice to anyone who has small babies, because we're so good at all this? Yeah, obviously. Um, but also, we do um, make an effort to find time to allow one another to have private prayer time. Mm-hmm. Um, we each do a weekly Bible study that mm-hmm. works out pretty well. Holly, the women's one that Holly goes to is in the evenings, usually. The one I go to, um, we meet in the morning. So we schedule our days so that we're able to go that and have that um, time, time with friends and also for private prayer and um we try to like alternate each week. One of us goes to adoration. One of us stays home with Jack. Right. And that's helpful too. So it's not like you can't ever do those things anymore. You just need to budget your time a little better. And in our, in both of our Bible studies, we practice Lexio Divina, um, which is if you haven't heard of it, heard of it or want to look it up, it's L E C T I O, Divina, kind of the way that it sounds. Why did you, why are you so condescending when you're spelling it? Because when I first heard about it, I googled L E X I O. Oh, that's a whole different word. I didn't understand Latin or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Lexio Divina uh, is a way of praying with the scriptures. Um, it's very similar to what I used to do, like with my Protestant Bible studies, but it's a just more like practiced mm-hmm. um, reading of the scriptures and. I've really enjoyed that, not only in Bible study, but also just in personal reading of scripture, um, to like really enter into the scene and to ask questions about like, what, what was Jesus wearing mm-hmm. and why? Like, why would I think that he's wearing this? Or yeah. what would his hand gestures look like whenever he says this? Like those kinds of questions bring you just deeper into the reality of what's happening, what you're reading. Um, and I realized just tonight, so I'm putting it into practice tomorrow, that with morning sickness right now, I can't look at screens in the morning. It makes me feel really nauseous. Um, So I've been, like, hoping for magazines, but all of my magazines I've read through, like, three times, and I haven't got any new issues. And so I am going to do Lexio Divina in the morning Mm. instead while I eat my cereal, and then I lay back down. The cereal is optional. You don't have to eat cereal. You don't. But with that, Lexio is something you definitely need quiet for and like time. So that's not something you could do with maybe with a sleeping baby, but not with yeah. a. I mean, like I'm gonna do it tomorrow baby. with you with you guys in the kitchen. Yeah. It doesn't feel I just think totally of that as like silent. I just think of that as a silent contemplative practice. It should but in even, the ideal world it it should be, but I think that it can yeah. happen. But even um. Just like praying with scripture or like imaginative prayer, things that mm-hmm. you can kind of do simultaneously. Right. Yeah. So the important thing is if you do have an infant or or with children, it's just to keep your personal prayer life going. Right. As we said at the beginning, because it is the lifeblood. It's the lifeblood. Don't let it go fall by the wayside. wayside. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that maintaining that prayer life will get you through 
the ups and downs of mm-hmm. parenting, of marriage, of just life in general. And this doesn't just apply to parenting. Um, no matter what your state in life is, if you don't have a healthy relationship with God and a healthy prayer life, you're going to start notice noticing some like slippage and complacency and inactions. Um, and it just happens. And it kind of, for me, it comes in kind of like waves. waves, like, and I'll just be like, be having a bad week. And I'll be like, what's going on with me? And it's like, well, I haven't been praying this week. Mm-hmm. That's why these things are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So prayer, it's your lifeblood. Mm-hmm. Don't let it fall by the wayside. Don't do it. But yeah. So if anyone has any um, good ideas <laughs> they'd like to share with us, um, no, but ideas about how to incorporate your your prayer life and your spiritual life um, with your children of any age, but especially with you know younger newborns, infants, younger toddlers um, that can't really participate. Right. That's the real question. Yeah, is. I don't really know yeah. what to do. Yeah. So if you have, please, if you have any, any ideas advice. or anything, please send um, some feedback our way. Mm-hmm. You can email us at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're on iTunes. If you are so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We always yes. love to get new, new reviews and it helps us, um, become more visible on iTunes and when people search the more ratings you have the more like yeah you it's are not to... just for flattery it's not yeah <laughs> um, no but be honest <laughs> <laughs> that's an order from Holly <laughs> but really I mean, um, we would like constructive criticism yeah so if you have any feedback please let us know we love hearing from all y'all and um, uh, we ask that you pray for us we'll be praying for you but definitely um, pray for us as well as we we're going through this pregnancy and all of the normal craziness of our lives continues. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.